Thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hi. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a bit about the best mastering DAW, the digital audio workstation. What is that? And are you fine with where you are? Should you upgrade? Or uh, are you paying too much for your DAW? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So we're going to talk about that, what we do, and what we think you should do. So, you ready, Sam? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do it. Do it for the doll. This, all this is going to be in the intro. Perfect. It's going to be fantastic. Let's roll. I'm ready. <laughs> Feeling great. Here we go. Okay. Perfect. So, Matt. So, so Sam. Uh, tell me, do all dolls? DAWs sound the same. Well, I thought so until our conversation before this podcast started. <laughs> totally derailed. Totally derailed my point. Um, <laughs> my my whole point was going to be stop being petty. Whether you use Pro Tools, WaveLab, Reaper, Logic, they all sound the same. And then you go and throw in what was it? The Harris Harrison or? Harrison Mix Bus. Sounds yeah. different. Studio One sounds different. And I honestly, I think Ableton has some crazy master glue thing happening all the time. Because when you like export out of Ableton, it doesn't sound the same to me than when you're mixing in it. Just a side note. But overall, Just a side note. I think they essentially all sound the same unless you're using a certain... DAW like Harrison Mixbus, which essentially is like starting out with a plugin on every channel that emulates analog something. Yeah, emulates the the console. Yeah. <clears throat> now you you were saying something pretty interesting that you were reading on Gear Sluts about this whole uh, do all DAWs sound the same? Yes. And you had an interesting solution that you came up with for this. Why don't you explain that? Well, basically, what I want to do, or what someone who's listening could do, and if someone is listening to this and wants to do this, uh, let us know, and I will write another handwritten note to you (laughs) thanking you for doing this. But basically what I think could be done to do this is a null test, essentially. And basically, in a nutshell, that is taking, say we took a mix and we dropped it into Logic and exported it and then dropped one into Pro Tools, exported it, dropped it into Cubebase, exported it, Harrison, Mixbus, because that would be interesting to hear. It would be. Um, and obviously you're you're using the same sample rate, everything like that, um, and you just drop no it in. No level change, right. no nothing. And no funny business. Out. No funny business. And then, so here's where I just found my own potential mistake in this test, is you eventually have to listen to them all together, and then you do a null test with them, and you can like flip phase and things like that to figure out if they cancel each other out, they're identical, basically, if it's silent. If it's not silent, then something's happening. But what I just thought of literally right now is depending on which DAW you're using could then impact all the tracks that you drop it into. So you would need to do a null test on every DAW of the tracks. Does that make sense? I just yeah, realized I do. that. So yeah, like I do. if one is changing it, then it would be changing all the other tracks. So then you would get inconsistencies and then you could say, yeah, see, they're different. So you almost need to have like a control DAW. Right. 
Right. See, but here lies the problem because if you go on gear sluts, you'll find people essentially <laughs> killing each other over saying Pro Tools is better than Logic. Logic is better than Pro Tools. Studio One is actually better than Pro Tools and Logic. And no one really knows. So that's kind of... But it'd be, is there a way to figure out which DAW you could use as... And it would be, eventually you'd find a group of DAWs which, if they do not do anything, if they do not impart anything into the audio, you can eventually get to a point to where these three DAWs we know would all make good controls. Yeah, yeah, I think you could do that. I mean, I think you could... That'd be funny, use GarageBand as your control. You could. Um, But I feel like... So I will say, like 10 years ago, I feel like Pro Tools sounded better than Logic. I really mm-hmm. do. And I've been Logic since day one, still Logic. Learned Pro Tools, use Pro Tools, but Logic is my main DAW of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like three years ago, Logic finally kind of caught up with Pro Tools. And then now mm-hmm. I... I j- Honestly, believe that Logic sounds better sounds better than Pro Tools now with everything they offer. Um, I just think it's a better DAW at this point, and it's well. Does it actually sound better sonically, or is it just kind of it's I just think more the, appealing to you as an engineer? Yeah, I think the workflow <laughs> and the plugins and everything to me sounds better. I think I have a lot of people in town who have a hard time. They don't want to make the leap to Logic. Um, because they feel like they can't do as many things in Logic as they can in Pro Tools. Excuse me, <laughs> I just burped. We're keeping it. Yeah, keep that one. But, no edits. But, um, you know, usually it's just because they haven't spent any time in Logic. And then mm-hmm. when I get them, I've had three studios switch over to Logic um, instead of Pro Tools now. And now they're like, oh, Logic can do like 10x of what Pro Tools could do, and it's faster. Mm-hmm. And that's been my experience, too, as someone who started in Logic, and then I got to Nashville, and I was engineering more four years ago, and everybody had Pro Tools, and if I walked in and I was like, where's Logic? They'd be like, Logic sucks. You suck if you use Logic. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I really like it. And they'd be like, well, you got to use Pro Tools. So I got really good at Pro Tools, but as soon as I was done tracking, I would export it all out, consolidate, and then mix and master in Logic. Now, are they saying Logic Pro X sucked or Logic 9 sucked? Uh, 9, 10, yeah, X. I mean, there's Because I really didn't like 9. I thought 9 was great. I don't know. Yeah, I'm so, I really I'm didn't so like nine. biased to Logic because it's what I grew up doing, and that's what I was first taught on when I was doing, like, hip-hop stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see, like, 10 years ago where, like, for, for live tracking, Pro Tools is superior, but now mm-hmm. tracking... I think Logic's better. I think the busing's better. I think it doesn't eat up as much CPU. And I think it just works. It's logical. What do you know? (laughs) What do you know? Yeah, I started in Pro Tools, but very shortly. Yeah. And then I made the switch over to Logic. And to me, it was just the the workflow, at least for me, was more intuitive. Yeah. Um, Not in 9, whenever Pro X came out. Yeah, uh, I made the switch. It was like this makes a lot more sense to me than Pro Tools does. And yeah. I well, I didn't go to school for it. I didn't have anyone really lead me around. It was really me and a bunch of YouTube videos. And, yeah, um, just figuring it out. So yeah. So 
I would say in like, you know, overall, every DAW probably sounds pretty much the same at this point. Um, and then it, it, of course, what I always tell people is like whatever you're most comfortable in, you know. Like I also think back then I was on a laptop and I'd forget my eye lock somewhere, mm-hmm. and so I'd be like, ah, <laughs> dang it. Yep. <laughs> now it's like I have a now I have an iMac and I'm like that sucker's always plugged in. Yeah. But if I'm ever on my laptop and it's like I'm trying to open something up like a slate uh, plugin or something, nope, can't do it. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, to me they're all the same at this point, and it's about like what you can do with it obviously and the features and whether or not that works with your workflow and what you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. um and that's what i think like at the end of the day i always tell people whatever whatever works the best is it pro tools logic ableton GarageBand. i don't care if it's a product you're you're stoked about and your clients are stoked about then yep. you could use your iphone i don't i don't care i don't know if you'd want to use like an iphone daw but you could. You could use GarageBand on your iPhone. Yeah, there's so. that meme out there that has uh, the guy with his iPhone turned sideways with, like, the iLock plugged into the... <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen I'll that. I'll have to send it to you if you've never seen it before. <laughs> Hopefully send that to me later. But essentially, the best DAW is the DAW that enables you to work as efficiently and confidently as possible Absolutely. while rendering the best end product for your client. And yes. that's really... That's really the argument that should be had is correct. Like everyone bickering back and forth about no, I like this, no, I like this. It's like what enables you to work as efficiently and more importantly, confidently. Right. While giving your client the best end product. Yeah. I and, have I yeah. have um definitely over the years gotten some uh light persecution for using logic. Um Yeah. I don't know if I've ever lost a job from it, like not getting picked. Um but I've definitely had probably at least a dozen times where I'm convincing someone that Logic will um, be capable of mixing a song just as well as Pro Tools. Um, so that's kind of interesting that that has happened over the years. But I'm trying to think, and like around town, I think most of the people here use Logic. I really can't think of mo- <laughs> anybody around town who uses Pro Tools. Yeah. It's, it's the, like if I had to if I had to make a case for it, it's like I I don't know. I just like it. Yeah. <laughs> Quit being a dick. Yeah. I just <laughs> I just like logic. Oh yeah. I mean that's usually my thing is like what just that's what I work in. And if you like the way my things sound, guess what? It was all done in logic. Um for the mo- for the most part. I will say I like for probably two or three weeks, I really tried to use WaveLab. Yeah. But there's something with Mac and WaveLab that, like, the, like all the GUIs were really screwing up, yep. and I'd go to, I'd, I'd EQ something, or I'd do something, I think, on, like, some compressor. I'd fix the ratio, and then I'd go back to the threshold, but then I'd adjust the threshold, and then the ratio would drop down to zero. Yeah. You'd be like, what's going on? Or, like, it would slam up and it start limiting. And like, man, what's going on? And it's just like... It was some odd incompatibilities with plugins and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wrote them and no one wrote back. And then there's all these known issues about that. But in general, I would really like to work in WaveLab. Yeah. But it's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put up with that. Yeah. So I, I've used like I've used WaveLab, I've used Soundblade, Sequoia, like all those when I was working at different people's 
not working. That's the wrong word. Uh, watching people master. <laughs> not working at those bigger studios. Um, <laughs> yes, definitely watching. Um, and then I got to use it sometimes. But, yeah, I feel like I've used almost every every DAW at this point that anyone would use. Um, and I just keep coming back to Logic for everything because it just works. It's so stable to me. And they keep investing into the the actual program to me with, like, their updates and upgrades. And that's why I keep using it, you know? They, yeah. It's always working. It's always functioning. I don't ever have, like, I have a crash maybe, like, once a month or something. Mm-hmm. And that's usually from a plug-in that, you know, I have that's, like, a, a 32 bit bridge to 64 a few of like mm-hmm. these free yeah. plugins i have that i still love are like 32 bit and they haven't created a 64 bit yet so i have a bridge for that um but yeah i mean i think overall what you said earlier was just perfect like it's so whatever. what do you think yeah what do you think is the most important like daw feature for mastering since we both do not use like mastering, quote unquote, uh, DAWs. Yeah. What would you say is the most important feature for mastering of a DAW? I mean, for me, the reason why I don't use like a traditional mastering DAW is because <coughs> I feel like they lack creativity and like the ability to manipul- manipulate and take advantage of what digital offers. Mm-hmm. So, what that mouthful sentence means is like logic to me. I'm a big automator with plugins mm-hmm. and parameters, and Logic's automation to me is always like sample accurate. It never glitches, um, and it allows me to really um, have the freedom to get creative with digital. And I think to me that's why I like a hybrid setup. I mean, I work mainly out of the box, but I love finishing with digital stuff in the box because it allows me to like drive certain plugins or make, you know, it wider in certain sections if it needs it or I can you know, you can get different colors by how you drive into the limiter or if you just want to automate the final master, you know, level to make it certain things pop if they need to. Um, but that to me is the number one thing is like is this allowing me is it allowing me to do my job and then also is it a, is it giving me a platform to where like I can push it to the next level? And I feel mm-hmm. like that is what I kept coming back to is like when I would work in different mastering DAWs, it was like, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, I'd have to do 12 steps to do that. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is just sucking so much of my time and I'm not even really, I don't even really like what I'm doing in here. Um, and I found a lot of plug-in compatibility to be not as good it didn't function as smoothly as Logic does on how yeah. it handles plugins. And that's just been my experience. Strictly my opinion, strictly my experience with what I do with mastering. Um, but to me, that what is most important is, is it a platform that allows me to, like, um, you know, do what I want and then push the boundaries. And I feel like most mastering DAWs, to me, kind of put you into a box. And I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like being in a box. I like to I like to tinker with things and make parts unique and 
Um, I also found with some of the mastering DAWs, like you can kind of only do like one set of plugins for the whole album where they like expect you to use, Mm. you know, the same settings on the whole album. And that just doesn't work at all. (laughs) So, um, and even like if you go online to like some mastering tutorials, you'll see guys like have 10 tracks laid out, you know, on a mastering DAW and it's like, they have like three plugins total and they're just like, yeah, I just set it here and that's how you master. It's like, yeah. well, wait, <laughs> that's not, you have to treat. <laughs> this is not it. You have to treat each song individually or something. I mean, I think, I don't know. <laughs> that's what I think. So that's my opinion. What is your opinion on it, Matthew? I love automating. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that's the most important feature to me, yeah. but I really haven't played with it in any other DAW. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love automating. I just finished up a record where uh, one of the songs was starting out as a piano ballad and then went super heavy and then uh, ended, finished with the ballad again. Yeah. And I mean, I need to com- almost completely change the like my plugin layout. Yeah. At least parts of it. In order to make some stuff work, it's like I'm gonna want to compress the vocal on the bout a little bit, but I don't want like that same compression ratio and threshold to. Uh, in this case, it was I, I turned everything off for when everything got heavier because I had something else to deal with. Yeah, the the heavier parts because I needed specific things to hit in certain ways, and I needed the top to sound a certain way. So it like it was hard, but it was still like kind of like. There's a little bit of like silk and glass on top, yeah. and it's like it just—it's just what I needed, right. and I—I I, I was very glad that I was able to do that. Yeah. Um. And to to second what you said, I've never had a problem at all. Like as some of the problems that I do have with Logic, I've never had a problem with automating. Yeah. It's always just been tried and true, and if it's a problem, more than likely it's with something I did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for me, I would say the most important feature for mastering is, and we'll get into what Sam and I do later. Actually, I think it's our next point. That's our next point. Um, But I wish that there was a way to do really easy uh, DDP and writing in Logic. I know. And then being able to take a DDP folder and then just putting that into logic and then right. reading it how, like, it will be read. So I, I, I do wish yeah. that that was so I didn't have to leave logic to do that. Right. But, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's nothing too big. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think as we progress, I think that will be incorporated into DAWs, I feel like. Yeah. As people more and more self... Well, and if, like, physicals keep dying off, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't write stuff into vinyl, I don't think. <laughs> so, you know, ISRC codes into vinyl. Um, so we may see that go away. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good – that is a good point. I mean, that's, like, the – I'll say the one benefit of using a proper mastering DAW is usually it has the ability to embed metadata and do your DDP and stuff. So I mean, besides that, I'm pretty darn happy with Logic. Yeah, I am too. I mean, that's the only thing that I like really wish I had. But um, what Sam and I both use is we 
do all of our mastering in Logic, and then we do all finalization in Triumph, which is a uh, another mastering DAW. Yeah, uh, older mastering DAW, and it um, essentially do all your sequencing, your spacing, um, any crossfades, and then any metadata information, and then exporting DDP. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you do anything else in there. No, I mean that's pretty <clears throat> much pretty much it. Like I I love Triumph. I mean the reason I went with Triumph was I called them up when they first started and I was like I asked them a bunch of questions to make sure it was what I wanted cuz I think it was only like $70 when I first bought it. And it's um, not much more now. Yeah. And they were just so nice with customer service and then I got it and it was easier than any mastering DAW I've ever used before based on past using different, you know, Soundblade and stuff like that, Square. Mm. And it, what I like about it, and maybe you can do this in other mastering DAWs, I'm not sure, but with Triumph, you can write your own rules, which is cool. Yes. Meaning, like, if you like want... infinitely. Yeah. So if you want to always do something, like a preset, or, like, you <clears> always <throat> want... Say you always want to start with like two seconds between each song, or if you're into pre gaps or something, like you can write that rule and it'll apply it. Or with like codes, you can, like one of their stock one is like ISRC codes where you just type in the first one and then it'll do, it'll apply the um, next one to all the songs and so forth. Hmm. So it's really cool because like I've created some of my own rules and then. I found a few other people online who have created their own rules, and what's cool is you can just like download each other's rules and import them essentially um, mm-hmm. into your thing. So I think that's really cool. Also, um, it just sounds—I mean, I think it sounds uncolored and clean. Like it doesn't I, sound like anything. It's no, great. Yeah, and I think that's what <laughs> I really like um, when I'm like a being. So when I first got it, I would like listen in Logic and I'd listen in Triumph and flip back and forth. And to me, it, it sounded identical. Um, and I feel like some of the mastering DAWs out there claim to have like sonic clarity or pristine something with our, you know, whatever secret way we're reading your information. And I just don't know if I buy that. Like maybe they are using their own algorithm obviously or like way mm-hmm. it's interpreting data but that doesn't mean it's better just because it's mm-hmm. your own so I think that's one of the reasons why I like Triumph like it's it's been super stable um, it's very professional the customer service is awesome and it's quick like I can crank out DDPs really fast and it's just always been more stable than anything else and they've constantly been updating it for free. So as of now, like, I'm Logic and Triumph for life. Then what was it? They took away their... Um, they took, they a, took away their DDP reader, but then you uh, you emailed them and asked them about it, and they yeah. sent you a standalone for it. Yeah, which that, once again, the customer service, like... Um, you know, for, for my clients, <clears throat> when you send them a DDP, it can be kind of scary for the client, and I fully agree. <laughs> Do because, not open. Yeah, you're telling them not to open this and not to fiddle with the, the final DDP. And, of course, they want to confirm it, you know, that it's all correct, and I agree with them. So um, 
you know, they need a DDP player. And um, some of the bigger mastering companies, like, have uh, a place where you can go onto their website and drop your DDP to verify it. But mm-hmm. I just, if they need it, I can just send them Triumph <coughs> said, like, I could just share the DDP D player with people, and then they can always have it and be ready to go to verify what I've already verified. But I just feel like their customer service has been over the top. And um, if anybody listens to this and works or knows anyone at Triumph, tell them thank you and say hi to Seriously. Because <laughs> I would pay like four, four X for the program. Like I was about to say the exact same it's, thing. It's paid for itself in stability and updates and, you know. I don't think I've ever had a crash. Yeah, I don't think I have either. So that's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, that's what I that's what I do. That's what you do, and it works. So yeah, I think eventually with her DDP, I'll probably uh, I'm kind of looking at that Hoffa DDP player. Oh yeah, because I th- I think you can write in it, or I I don't yeah. know. I, I want I want to look more into it, and you can personalize it a little bit, and <clears throat> it, it's more about the the customer experience to me. And I'm not saying it's not to you, uh, but I'm, I just want them to be able to have something that they feel 100% confident with, that they're yeah. getting all the information that they can. Yeah. And the DDP player, is it's a, it's a touch clunky, but I also agreed with you the whole, uh, like, saying, don't touch this, don't open it or anything else. It's like, what are you talking about? I paid hundreds or thousands of dollars right. for this master and right. you're telling me to not open it or look at it like yeah. who do you think you are right so it's like that's why i like being able to send the ddp player and i might look into hoffa just to see if it's a little bit um of a better customer experience uh from the mastering engineer sending it to their client yeah and i'll report back yeah on, Keep on what i found on that will do so so yeah Okay, so so staying with uh, like logic and and everything. So let's talk about real quick, just like personal favorite, like mastering applications or plugins or yeah. Stay oh, yeah. stay in the box for this one. In the box mastering. No no overstay or plugs on this one. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> they sound like a really good company with really good customer service. <laughs> no. Um, okay, first, obviously, every song and project's different, so you may use different plugins on every project or hardware. Um, I know you'd agree with that too, Matthew. Yes. So, as always, we listen first, and then we decide where the song's at and where it needs to go, and we pick out a signal chain based on what we think will get us there. Um, with plugins for mastering, I have always loved Oxford, Inflator, uh, Oxford Limiter, those are on usually almost every project at some capacity dialed in to a certain setting. Um, the Limiter to me has this enhanced thing, which is, I believe, like top-end kind of harmonics. It can mm-hmm. save an album instantly if the vocal's too buried. You can kind of like dial in. To me, it always feels like the vocal is coming forward. So that is super good f- to me, like from album to t- start to finish, it's really easy for me to, like, really fine-tune where the vocal's sitting if, like, MS isn't helping or EQ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the inflator, to me, from what I've read, it, it's more, like, kind of 
bottom end harmonic type stuff, and then there's a um, curve on it where you can push it towards higher harmonics or lower harmonics. Hmm. Um, and I just find with that thing on, everything is denser. Um, and this hmm. is one of the plugins that, to me, there's nothing hardware that does what it does. Um, and that is interesting. <laughs> that That's how it is. But there's something about the density it creates. Um, it creates body and density like no other piece of gear I have, really. Hmm. And the ability to dial it in, to me, is really great. So those are two, like, I will probably use those almost every project on some capacity, be it a little or a lot. And then I'm, like, a huge uh, Brainworks fan. So and I you love... don't have to give away your whole chain. No, I mean, my my 90% of my chain's not plug-in, so these <coughs> are just, like, my, my fun things. There you go. These are free. Um, but yeah, I love Brainworks EQ and I love, you know, depending on what type of sound I want, I really like the XL limiter. Um, one of the best things, the features of the XL limiter to me is the side chaining to the side information. Yes. Um, and I don't know of any other limiter that does that where like it will, you pick where you want um, when the center hits for the sides to essentially pump, like side chain. But mm. obviously we're doing this on like such a small level. But if you dial it in correctly, it really creates, um, you know, great energy. And it really, to me, is one of those settings that is like modern. Like if I had to say like top 40, like that is part of the sound. And I don't know if other big guys are using it, but... To me, it helps me achieve, like, a really big master while keeping the center really, like, secured and glued in. Um, And that's kind of... Those things, to me, are, like... I will probably use those on every project on some level. And then, you know, I work out of the box with most everything else. But those are... Those would be, like, my desert island, you know? Of like, you give me a Brainworks EQ and the two Oxford things, and then the Brainworks limiter, and I could probably still take master, over the world. Yeah, take over the world with it. So, um, and I mean, I love the L2 and L1. Depending on, I feel like those limiters are like really kind of bright, and they have a nice way of like kind of cleaning out the low end if mm-hmm. you attenuate. So if I get like a really tubby. Bombastic low end. What is bombastic? I don't know what that means, but I know what you meant when you said tubby. <laughs> tubby. I just had to control some tubby low end myself. So yeah, that and sounds I, really weird. And I feel like naughty. the L two and the L one to me, if you like take off a dB, it's like oh, I lost some low end, but that's what I needed yeah. to do to like get this thing sitting right. So, um, so yeah, those are like. I mean, I could go on and on about all the plugins I've used and not used. Yeah. But those would definitely be like some of my favorites where it's like these things just sound good on everything almost. Like Yeah, the BXXL, I actually I don't really like I don't do any limiting with it unless it's just a really hot signal going to it. Uh and then you'll get just some peak limiting, but yeah. I mean right over to that like the side chain and then affecting the sides that little XL knob yeah is like freaking like 
that's the holy grail right there. Oh, yeah. And you don't even need a lot of it. Like right. maybe 10%, 13%. Yeah. Just so you see that that side needle up top kind of moving. Yep. And you get you just do like a bypass and you get like a really tasteful uh widening to a master. Yep. And it's like I'll do that and then I'll do some uh, other balancing on the side with input and then uh you have the you have the mono and the side information yeah. where you can like uh you can balance some stuff and I'll I'll do a lot of work over there. Yeah. I will set like side chain and stuff like that, but I real I rarely use it as a limiter. Yeah. So I don't know. I find that half the things that I have, I use them for things they're not really intended to. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think the definition I think that's the definition of the word abuse, but <laughs> using something for something it wasn't intended to. Well, you know. Whatever. <clears throat> Let's see. What are mine? For the um, for the record, I don't use any fab filter, I don't use any slate, and I don't use mm-hmm. any universal audio. So people like usually drop their jaw when I tell them that. Never have. For the record is also my new studio name in exactly. case anybody's Congratulations. curious. For Thank you. Record. It's very cool. This name. will probably air sometime in July or August, so it'll hap- have happened way before this, but... Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, that's just a little side note. Nothing against any of those companies. I just never have have gotten into them, so... Yeah. So I don't um, use any of that if people think that's like what I'm holding back on not t- talking about. I'm a really big ozone fan. Yeah. And not the whole like preset thing and everything else. I like I like everything individually. Yeah. Like I really like how versatile the EQ is. Yeah. To whether you can kind of get into analog or digital curves and like surgical modes and I really like uh the mid-side mode and just yeah. how like easy and quick I can just do what I need to do and Right. No one hear much of a difference. It just balances better. Um, what else do I use? I love. I don't like the. I don't like the maximizer at all. I like the vintage limiter. I mean, you switching from analog to tube to modern. I mean, when you switch from analog to tube, there is a true like midfield bloom that you will get, and like guitars will stand out more. And like, there's a midfield bloom with vocals in there. And, like, the character and everything, there is, there is something that is definitely happening that is very cool. The dynamic EQ, I call it the millennial EQ mm-hmm. um, because, like, because <laughs> it's like with an EQ, you're cutting out, like, a certain mm-hmm. thing. Like, the dynamic EQ, it's like, well, I want it out here but not here. So it's like a very on-the-fence, like, <laughs> do I want an EQ or do I not? And where I want it, I want it. Where I don't, I don't. And yeah. I, I just, I always like it and... Um, using it in mid-side is really cool. You can get some cool widening effects there as well. Um, just be careful because you can totally zonk a mix mm-hmm. uh, by doing too much mid-side. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do I like? I'll, I, I will promo this company all day, every day. And I did on our first episode is Oak Sound. When they had the Soothe plugin, mm-hmm. once again, I have no clue what it is. Whether it's like its own little multi-band, whenever it sets something and it exceeds the threshold, it pulls it down, and you can like size and scale the the Q widths and like the selectivity of it. And I mean, it is it is fantastic. 
um, specifically for dealing with any harsh high end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just released something, and people listening to this will be like, what are you talking about? They released this months ago. Well, this is recorded the week they released it. Um, is they released a plugin called Spiff. And I have a nickname for it, and it's called No Snare Left Behind. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially what it is, is in my opinion, my very limited crappy opinion, it's a transient designer. Yeah. And it shows you the available transients that you can uh, boost or cut. And it's like you have to choose whether that instance is boosting or cutting. Yeah. Um, But it's like if you need a little bit more out of the kick to make it not sound as tubby, as said earlier, or... Uh, you're like, man, this snare's just getting lost. Like, what's wrong with this? You can totally find that transient, and you can boost that. Yeah. Now, I will warn you, it is so easy to go overboard with it. Yep. But uh, I absolutely love it, and it's weird because whenever you click the Delta and you're listening to all the information that you're going to be playing with, I hope you haven't drank a lot of water because you're going to have to pee because it sounds weird and... (laughs) gonna make you have to pee yeah <laughs> uh makes you sound like you're in a sewer or something yeah um but yeah it's it's absolutely fantastic i love it um what do i finish up with i finish up with the pro l2 from fab filter it's the only thing from fab filter that i really like i tried using the compressor and de this week and to me it just sounded too digital yeah um so be, oh, be careful with soothe because you can get too narrow with some of the cue that um you can kind of get it. You can start hearing some digital information, yeah. like kind of quantizing almost. Um, so you got to be careful with that as well, uh, especially in mastering. But yeah, Spiff. If you haven't got it, I just bought it. And yeah. like, everything y'all make is awesome. And, and so it's no snare left behind. <laughs> that's what that. I'm calling it. That's so funny. But yeah, the, the Fab Filter Pro, too, I think, it, yeah, that's what I finalize with. Yeah. And. It is light years better than the Pro-L, like, the, just the basics. So if yeah. you're having second thoughts about going to the Pro-L too, just, just shut up and do it. Um, <laughs> if you want to measure and meter loudness, you can do that. Yeah. Um, you have all these different uh, modes beyond yeah. uh, the Pro-L that you can go into, and it gets into, like, aggressive. And if you're doing, like, bus compression and stuff like that, um, it's really cool. And it shows you, like, per however many, like, peaks apart. It shows you how much, like, the most that it's reducing um, and where it's doing that. So if you don't want that to happen, then you can see that. Right. Um, So, yeah, that's that's really my my big thing. Yeah. Oak sound. Freaking awesome. I like it. Dope sound. So, yeah. Oh. (laughs) Uh, uh, Back on the DAW thing. Yes. So I have this continuous begging (laughs) to Isotope of making a mastering DAW. I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I think that would be really cool. And when and it's like you you have some of these DAWs that are costing like over like a couple thousand dollars to do. Yeah. I think they could do an Isotope DAW with the up-to-date thing of Ozone and the up-to-date thing of RX. And you're starting at a pretty good point. Yeah. Like, they set you up pretty darn good. Like I said, I don't use everything with isotope, but, or ozone, but, I mean, 
like just putting other uh, other plugins and stuff on there and yeah. but I mean if nothing else I think that's setting someone up to succeed totally so but I also have it written down that if FabFilter or Brainworks did something like that as well I think that would be pretty sweet yes I don't know I don't I don't know if you agree or not Sam it's just something no. I've written down no I mean I I think that's a valid thing I mean there's lots of times where I've thought like man I wish I could design a mastering plugin like an ozone or something or a DAW of like <clears throat> things I wish things I kind of do or approaches I take that I wish was all in like a, a one set plugin so I don't have yeah. to you know have four or five kind of like the ones I talked about mm-hmm. it would be it would be cool if anyone's listening if you know how to build plugins contact build me a DAW. and I would love to talk about that Oh, some, you got some good ideas, too. I got some ideas, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I got some good ideas. So, yeah. I mean, it, I, I hope one day, like, technology, plug, making plugins is as easy as, like, Squarespace websites, you know? Like, there's, you know, I remember 10 years ago, like, building a website was unheard of for, like, a normal person to do. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I build my own website, manage it. My wife has her own, like, neither of us code or really know anything other than we can use some templates. And if I need to customize something, I can just Google it real quick and there's a YouTube video on it. So Mm -hmm. I feel like with plugins, it would be cool if you could have, like, a template. It would be cool if you could have, like, hey, what kind of EQ do you want to start with? Parametric, linear phase, vintage? And, like, you click on that and then, like, what do you want to do with it? And how many bands and things like that. I think that could be cool. But maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I have some ideas as well. So if you contact Sam, also contact me. Yes. Yeah. Um I, I guess I guess you could like you could say that like this could you say that the standalone ozone is kind of like a DAW? I yeah. don't know. I, I mean that would be like a DAW. If you want to do that real quick. I, I use so many other things besides isotopes, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I like whatever, the box. whatever works for you is what you should use. That's it. Yeah. The best DAW is the DAW that enables you to work as effectively and confidently while rendering the best end product for your client. So. Absolutely. That's a great line. That's, That's Math- a great line. I'm glad I wrote it down. That's Matthew Garber, everyone. <laughs> Quote him. <laughs> <laughs> Write this down. Well, I think we've covered everything. I think we've covered everything as well. Quick, if, uh, Yeah, go ahead. Quick housekeeping. I mean, when this posts, it'll be far beyond what it is now, hopefully. But as of right now, we are right four lessons shy of 9,000 downloads. Ooh, so that's crazy, and that's in just oh, that, actually to today. That is three months and ten days. So that's thank you very much for everyone who's listening. I mean, we are pretty much represented all around the world. Yes, uh, uh, for the majority in in the United States, but everyone who's listening in Europe. I mean, we have a couple listeners in Africa, Nigeria, and South. <laughs> Holy crap! Maybe. South Africa has eighty one listeners. That's awesome. People in India and Indonesia. Australia has 170 listens. Oh, my gosh. Brazil has six. Peru has one. 
Mexico's got nine. Canada's got 158. I do this too much. So everyone's like, yeah, get over it, Matt. (laughs) But it's like Europe's crazy. Germany's got 200. So if, yeah, if you're listening, thank you so much. Oh, my buddy Ellis is totally listening to these because there's no way that anyone in Afghanistan is listening to this besides (laughs) my buddy Ellis who's currently deployed. So thanks for listening, Ellis. Thanks for your service, Ellis. (laughs) <laughs> Four listens in Afghanistan, and then the United States has seventy five hundred. Yeah. So, thank you very much. It's we nuts. really appreciate it. Truly. I mean, the growth is crazy. Yep. Um, two days ago, the Luffs episode just released. Yep. And has, as of time recording this, four hundred and thirty downloads in two days. Crazy. That is insane. So, thank, thank you, you so much thank you. for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you like what we're doing, please go on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Leave a comment and review. Yes. Uh, we're doing a giveaway until 10,000, so unless, but unless stuff like really slows down, that giveaway will be over. Yeah. <laughs> so, But yeah, if you can leave us a review, it'll definitely take us up in the rankings and make us look a little bit better to people on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere on Google. Yep. And yeah, that would be, that would be incredible. Incredible. Thank you so much for being you and taking an interest in the silly idea Sam and I had back in October. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Sam, you have anything else for the people in podcast land? Uh, I would say whatever you're having, have a good one. Morning, noon, or night, as they say. Okay. Have a good one. It is. Cue the music, word, Matthew. In the words of Sam, have a good one. What? I don't know how to cue the music. You're the guy who cues the music. Exactly. Come on, say it. I'll figure out a way to do it. <laughs> Tell me to do it, Sam. Cue the music, Matthew. Cueing, I think. <laughs>